What's up, guys? This is Uva Radio. My name is Felix. I'm joined here by Jeroen Kreienbrink, author of No More Bananas. This is episode two of our series on his book, No More Bananas, which is how to keep your cool in the collective madness, how to get off the collective treadmill, and how to really just stop with all the nonsense in life, isn't it? it um, is. So now we're going to be dealing with chapter five, but it is step one of mm -hmm. your nine-step program of how to get rid of all this nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I like how the first thing that you say or you know, the first subheading is switch off notifications. And that's yeah. really just get rid of that. No, no faffing about. Yeah, I think it's illustrated for actually for all the um, all the nine steps. So what I try to do is sort of really structure how you can get rid of your bananas, hmm. divide it into steps and that turn out to be nine steps for some reason. And within those steps, clearly say, okay, there's a couple of things you can do. So each step, there is five remedies that you can really apply. Yeah. So make it very practical. Uh, and yes, the first one, switch of notifications, is a very practical one. I think it's, everyone it's knows, very practical. knows what you, to do and everyone knows how, yeah. how hard it is. And you're not talking about, you know, just, oh, you know, your smartphone or social networks in vague abstract terms. This is really specific, like, you know, you need to have it as just one little notification or one little pop and do this and your lock screen and the banner and all of this, which is, which is very good. It's, it's, it shows that you've looked into this and that, you know, the specific ways as well. Yes. And I think there is a difference between um, the different kinds of social media we consume. Yes. And, and just... at the end, it's not only, not even only social media. So of mm. course that's where we know the, the term notifications. So push notifications, we know it from our phone primarily, but it means, uh, trying to get rid of everything that's pushed at you. So that includes advertising on television or uh, the kind of advertising you get in your mailbox. Yeah. Because that's also sort of notifications, other people shouting at you, hey, I want something from you. And this is part of, so the first step is calm down. Uh, mm. Because I think if you, before you do anything else uh, to get rid of your uh, your bananas, it is sort of calming down yeah. because the first thing we need, we need to sort of clear our head a little bit and make sure there's not so much stuff yeah. getting into that. It's funny. I was just looking at my phone now and <laughs> looking at different notifications I have and there's just loads of stuff that's constantly popping up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not even talking about YouTube or, mm -hmm. um, or not, no, sorry, or Facebook or WhatsApp or people actually contacting me or emails. I'm talking about YouTube and just the news. And I've realized yeah. just now from you saying that, that I get a notification nearly every single day of somebody who's died a horrible death or some tragic story. So I think mm -hmm. the other day it was woman in England, 55, gets struck by lightning, mm -hmm. blown to smithereens. Today it's murder, a mother who killed her twin children will not face murder trial. Mm -hmm. And I don't subscribe to this news thing. This is just like a default setting in my phone of, we're going to give you like a horrible... Who, who, di who died in this world? I don't... Yeah, no, yeah exactly. <laughs> just like some breaking news. Like, that's not breaking news. I have this, yeah. You're just trying to fucking infect my phone. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but you you can switch it off. I know you can, exactly. Because but I don't people, have these messages. Yeah, so... Most people just don't really think about yeah. it. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's just... You know, look at all this nonsense. It's just... That's one day. Yeah. It's I'm glad I don't hours. have that on my phone yeah, You don't anymore. need that, yeah. And I think it's as well as that we're now so connected and we all consume so many different parts mm -hmm. of things that we can have on our smartphone that we just don't even realize how much we're getting badgered. Yes, because and that's what I, what I sort of looked at uh, and that's what I do in this, in this first step and this, this, the, the, the first section about switch off notifications. If, just, if you look at for a single app on your phone, how many different ways of getting notifications you have 
Yeah, you have the the, the badges, uh, the the the, the pop up screens. The I don't even remember what they are called. But it's they're a sound, even sound, uh, spoken word, vibration, banner, badge, lock screen, and notification yeah. center. And all of that just for one WhatsApp <laughs> message. You could, I, I suppose, many people have sort of switched off some of that. Yeah. But you can imagine you really go crazy for every single WhatsApp message you get, mm. plus your Facebook, plus your email, plus your Instagram, plus, I don't know, any uh, news apps you're um, subscribed to. So it goes on and on and on. Yeah. And what that does is, as I also uh, briefly mentioned in the previous um, uh, podcast, it triggers our sort of primary response, uh, our fear, because it's sort of a signal like there's something going on. And whether it's interesting or whether it's dangerous doesn't really matter because the, the sheer volume of uh, disturbances, distractions through these notifications is just enormous. Yeah. I like the way you've structured it as well, where you give a very, very clear breakdown um, of what's going on, what exactly is affecting us. And then at the end of it, in a nice little box, you have Banana Remedy 1.1. Switch off notifications. On your phone, tablet, computer, snail mail, or any other channel, switch off as many notifications as you can, and then switch off a few more to find out you can do with even less. That's very good. Yeah. I think this is a very, like, from a self-help book perspective, you've done structure this in a very nice way. Yeah, and then of the, the, and then the, then the really hard part starts, uh, starts, and that's doing it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and that's also what I what I describe in in one of the earlier chapters is sort of the the overall process that's going on in your mind. Is the, the first thing is is this what I call the aha stage? It's like yeah, sure, that's important, and then you go on. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the real challenge is okay to to really let it sink in and actually start doing something about it. And that's also why I created all those little boxes to have a clear throughout the book. 45 of these boxes just telling you this is what you can do and then make sure you work on that and then mm. go on to the next. So the next part of the first chapter is all about consuming less information. Yes. And that's quite interesting because I think we're always taught from a very young age you need as much knowledge, you need to know as much as mm -hmm. the world as possible. And I'm a firm believer in that um, you should never shield people from knowledge. Mm -hmm. and, I agree. But that's not you know the same thing. Because no. there's like if there's something you need to hear, like you know some horrible news, um, or you know, do you need to hear that? But this isn't about that. This is just about abstaining from news, stopping watching TV, adverts, commercials, um, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's not, it's it's okay. It's not stop uh, looking for information, but it's it's doing it less because I think in general and doing it especially less just for the case of looking for information. And this is also all of this stuff I've 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 done and I'm still doing this myself mm. is uh, googling. Whenever there's some in a discussion, something pops up, uh, you, you and you're not exactly sure. You grab your phone, look it up. Okay, how how is this? Or you mm. look on Wikipedia or whatever. Uh, is that important? Probably not. Uh, if you you could have just go on uh, with your conversation. Uh, the same with news. We are supposed to be informed about everything. Uh, so this is a bit controversial, maybe, uh, because I'm, um, yeah, we are supposed to follow the news, read newspapers, know what's going on in the world, uh, in our country, in, in at the other side of the world. Sure, to some extent, mm. uh, but uh, again, the sheer volume there is it's so overwhelming, and there's so much also non-information in that. Yeah, that you okay, you have all these trivial facts about 
I don't know, someone dressing their cat funny uh, somewhere in the United States. Is that really stuff you need to know? Yeah. Probably not. I think also people <clears throat> people often think they have a duty to understand what's mm-hmm. going on in the news. It's like, oh, no, I have to know because yeah. then, you know, that's that, that makes me an intellectual or you know, someone who's with it. But yeah. it's actually the fact that <clears throat> journalists, when they create these stories and they put them out there and make them available for everyone, that's not because they think that everybody should know about these stories. That's because that's their job to report on them just in case somebody needs to find out about it or just for the sake of reporting what happened in an accurate and truthful way. It's not because we have to know it. But I think as well that staying informed on what's happening right now in the world isn't about just following the news and checking the 9 o'clock news every day. It's about looking at the broader issues that have been going on for months or years or whatever and understanding them in a very clear way because you can have somebody who watches the news every night and they might have no idea what's going on in serious conflicts around the world or some nuanced issues or, you know, the, the Cold War between Saudi Arabia and Iran and stuff like this. And it's you can consume news in a very constructive way, but often the way we do it isn't. Yeah, that's, that's what, also, what I also mean with this consume less information uh, because it gets in the way of really understanding things. Yeah. And, and what I described there is the stuff that I've done. And one, one of the things is, is um, consume less news. Because I, I found out that uh, so I felt um, an obligation like to, to, to watch at all the headlines. So look in different newspapers, look at different news sites, look at all the headlines and do this throughout the day to be informed about the stuff that's going on. But at the end, you, it doesn't really bring you much. You mm. don't know anything um, and you forget about it in two seconds. So for a while, I, I stopped reading newspapers uh, entirely. Uh, and then I started... I have a subscription now again, um, but much more. I, I can read it now in a very different way. Pick the pick the articles that I find interesting, read those, and really try to understand stuff. Mm. So it's far less, but it's, it's but but deeper. Uh, so I read it. You can I can understand now more what what what's going on. It's tricky as well because I think the way that most people consume news nowadays is through Facebook, mm-hmm. and they follow their newspapers or news websites which they think are interesting Mm -hmm. but often the way that newspapers have transitioned from the printed word to online is quite they've taken that into account and it's a lot more now about algorithms and what is cool and popular Mm -hmm. and not what actually is the most important story and they've changed the whole formatting of it to make it you know targeted young people and less focused on what is really important and more what is going to get the most clicks. you know. Because with a newspaper, it was more that you would buy the newspaper and that's that. And you can choose to do whatever you want with it, but the amount of importance which is attributed to each individual story isn't based on which one is you know, the most catchy. It's which one is the most mm-hmm. important. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. Yeah, so, so that's why I think focusing less on the amount of, information and focusing more on what what is really important <clears throat> helps going less bananas definitely i found f- pretty funny as well the the third bullet point you've got here is stop using facebook and never start with instagram <laughs> yeah and i i really feel that because this is is something that i feel that facebook is very very good at connecting people mm-hmm. and it's I do find it amazing that I can just contact somebody instantly who 
I might have met years ago, but for whatever reason now I, I need to contact them. I want to say something to them. I want to do something or meet up with them. And I have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is incredible. And besides all the other nonsense associated with Facebook, I think we do have to give it credit for that, for really enabling us to still keep yeah, sure. in contact with people. And this is also, I have to, 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 to say that this is not a general recommendation to stop, uh, using Facebook, to stop using Facebook and never use Instagram. What I described there is the stuff that I've done. Mm. So that was, for me, a, a way to, uh, to, to calm down. For other people, it might be, maybe they still want to use Facebook, but, but then it's still use it, use it smarter. Yeah, maybe don't consume the feed. Just use it to actually yeah. talk to people. For me, that's how I use LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah. you can use Facebook in that way as well. But I, I really like the, the condemnation of Instagram as well because I never had an Instagram account and nearly all of my friends do. I was very much one of a handful of people that I know <clears throat> who don't who never used it. But I had to start using it recently to promote the Uber Radio Instagram page. And then I started to see all of the nonsense and... Especially when you look at it from a business perspective and you're trying to promote uh, you know, an organization, the, all of the facade of, oh, you know, this is you know, for people and this is you know, like an individual thing, all of that just gets thrown in the bin. And you just realize immediately how it's just like for like. And every time you make a post, so every time we would do that, you have to do something called interactions, mm -hmm. which is where for 15, 20 minutes before and after you do the post, you go and like everything that you see on your feed and mm. we have to follow just random accounts because we know they post every day and it's like a just a cycle of oh you like this i'll like your thing you follow me i'll follow you and it's just so, yeah. so that's, that's again a banana like, cycle yeah <laughs> it really is and it's i don't see there's any kind of benefit in it and it kind of got framed when it first started as oh this is just a cool way to yeah. share photos with your friends and that's that But it's not about that. It's no. about comparing yourself to other people and making yourself look a certain way and presenting an image, and it's it's disgusting. Yeah, and it's not just the social media, and of course that is where it's very explicit. Um, but it's it's also in the let's say the offline part. Mm. Yeah, we we consume a lot of information there as well. If you walk through a shopping street, uh, there's all the signs, uh, there's all the all the the advertisements thrown at you. Uh, that's also information. So we, we try to reduce that. I think that is one of the one of the remedies for for uh, for, for calming down. Mm. Maybe if if we maybe we move to the next one, yeah. Um, stop babbling. Stop babbling. I was just about to get onto that. I find this one pretty interesting as well because firstly, it's a condemnation of small talk. Yeah, not not it's not a condemnation, not, not, but not a, a full condemnation. A there's a clear there's, yeah, a, clear, yeah. uh, there's a clear role there. Uh, because, and that's what I also explain, if you would, without bumping into a complete stranger and, and start a real difficult topic, immediately that would be rather awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, and complete silence is rather awkward too. So it has his clear function as social glue and as a way to get in touch with people. Yeah. What I mean here is babbling for the sake of babbling, talking for the sake of talking. So mumbo jumbo, uh, bullshit. Uh, whatever you uh, whatever you call it, and I think many people we are we're very good at it, and and it has to do with one of the fears our fear of silence our fear of nothingness, mm -hmm. because as soon as it's silent in a conversation, this is assumed to be wrong. Uh, well, there's you know this is awkward. Yeah, it's, silence it, is awkward. It's awkward. It can't be. Yeah, you know, if we stop talking or, now for yeah. for a while, I mean it's this awkward. is a, this is a podcast. That's a bit different. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But I think that's something as well that I've struggled with. My mother is somebody who uh, loves chatting mm-hmm. and is almost like she's she's nearly incapable of not talking, which is great. She's a lovely person and she's mm-hmm. always got some very funny things to say and funny yeah, stories to tell. That. But it's it's it can be a bit much. And I feel yeah. it myself thinking that, you know, I'm, I find myself talking constantly. And when I'm in silence, it is something that I have to deal with and be like, oh, you know, this is actually OK yeah. and this is fine. And picking your moments and when somebody is saying something to you, accepting the fact that, you know, actually you don't have to butt in or, no. wait, or wait for your turn to speak. It's just actually just listen, listen, and they can just finish and you can be silent. And that can be fine. You know? that can and be, that's also, not even fine. That can be great. Yeah. And if somebody, sometimes, sometimes it's really a talking battle. It's yeah. like, okay, who, who is the, who makes most contributions, who makes the most funny contribution? Um, but we don't listen. Uh, so stop mm. babbling is also an exercise in listening. Mm. Uh, rather than do all the talking uh, and thinking about the stuff you talk. Again, with, like with the, um, the, the, the previous one, consume less information, it's a way to get the really important stuff, uh, give, to give that more space. Because if you stop all the nonsense talk, you have more time. Uh, you actually have better conversations, better dialogue, better uh, ways to talk to people. Mm. And it's assuming as well that there's something to be gained in a conversation. Because I think yeah. so much of... <clears throat> the happiness we get out of life and the meaning is gained through conversations or we learn things or, you know, find out or connect with people, be like, oh, you know, I love you, man, or, you know, this is really great or whatever. And, or somebody says something funny and it constantly creates this idea of, you know, there is something at stake in a conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, you can, you can either get happiness or sadness out of this and mm-hmm. that's that. And that's all down to how you handle it, man. But that's really not the case. And you're not actually going to get happiness from, these exterior things unless you decide to let yourself become happy. Yeah, and, and the way to do that is sometimes to indeed stop stop talking and yeah, then start listening. Definitely. So yeah. even if from the same conversation you you do want your happiness, um that I think that that can help. And again it creates sort of this calm in your head. Because when you when you talk for the sake of talking, um you you your your brain has to work too much as well because it's sometimes it's not not just something natural it's just talking for the sake of talking yeah and that really doesn't help anybody i don't think so yeah it doesn't help me and i don't think i'm the exception mm. give me give me one second there was a thought that i had that was very interesting but i've just forgotten what it was mm-hmm. it's something as well that you notice with people when because i think everybody has these friends who they find talk less mm-hmm. and they'll They'll be very calm and confident. But whenever they do say something, it's very meaningful. And yeah. Everybody always listens. And what they yeah. say carries more weight because they really think about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also as well as that when people just tend to respond immediately, that's from that first impulse reaction thing. And they mm-hmm. often just kind of feel something and they're like, oh, you know, this yeah. person says, I need to, you know, say something with you're clever. And they don't actually think about it or consider what they're going to say, it's particularly in conversations which are quite important. Yeah, and even that, if that they say something... can be very good. Even you know? if they say something very important, it might be buried in the uh, in the stream of words. Yeah. But indeed, when you talk less uh, or babble less, it also gives you some time to think about what you actually want to say and whether you want to say it. So indeed, that also uh, hopefully helps making, making you say more uh, more important things. Definitely, yeah. Um, so that's stopping babbling. And that's quite similar to seeking the silence, which is our next 
point we're on to here. Would you like to explain that? Sure. Um, so the first three or the first two are actually so so switching off notifications, consume less information, is making sure that there is not coming more info in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, stop babbling. Uh, sort of has the same function, but also make sure you you're not adding noise to someone else. Seek the silence is about actively seeking silence, as the, as the as the word means, and that, that's literally. So go to a quiet place, which could mm-hmm. be your living room, uh, which could be the forest, wherever. Make sure that there is as little distraction as possible. But it's also it also meant more figuratively, uh, because when you are in a silent place, you can still escape. You can still listen to the radio. Uh, you can still, uh, I don't know, worry about all the stuff <clears throat> that you have to do tomorrow or about the exam or about the interview that you have, about all kind of stuff. Or you can keep your mind busy with repeating a song that you just heard or any other mental exercise. Seeking the silence is about uh, trying to shut that off as well. It's to, to really sort of let your mind go where it wants to go. Mm. And we and this is again also a very important step in um, in getting rid of your bananas, because it means give you giving your your brain some time to uh, process stuff, mm. and we need that. That's why we sleep. I think and, what you mean here is um, it's basically just meditation, but you don't mean it in such a direct sense. You don't mean actually because I think when you tell people to meditate, mm-hmm. it has connotations of okay, this is now an activity. Yes. This is uh, something that you must do and it might get, you know, conferred as being a chore, which obviously it isn't. But I myself have been wanting to meditate for many, many years and I've never really gotten down to mm-hmm. it just because it's it's like a thing. It's, yeah, you make it, it, it yeah. becomes too big. It, yeah. it becomes a thing. It becomes, it becomes like something thing, to do. Something special. Like Some... doing push-ups or, you know, going for a run. It's like, oh, I must meditate now. But it's like the way you framed it here is actually a lot simpler than that. It's just, you know what, just just sit. Just you don't even have to like go to a park or anything. Just go sit on your couch. Sit on your couch and do and nothing. And do nothing for five minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's a great form of meditation, but you don't call it meditation. Mm. So it's not that big as, and grand as. as but uh, also maybe sit with the, um with the objective of this in mind. So it's not just because I find myself in a lot of situations just sitting down, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm stressed out. So I'm thinking about things that I shouldn't be thinking about, working myself up. But this is actually more just sit down, but clear your head. Clear your head and also, but don't force yourself <coughs> to think of nothing because there's some, also some meditation techniques that you, that you uh, sort of force yourself into thinking yeah, about Yeah, the majority nothing, of them go like that. Which I don't, at least for me, let's say for me, doesn't work. So no. you can let your mind flow. And I think that's important wherever it wants to go, but give it a chance to do that. And that's what seeking the silence is. So if you sit on your couch, uh, don't switch on the television. Don't look at your smartphone. Again, don't. Think actively about stuff, but just stare in front of you and let your mind go where it wants to go. Mm. Uh, so that helps you calm down. Yeah, definitely. I think if you combine those those two things, seeking the silence and stopping babbling, I can imagine that's just already so much more of a calmer person right there. Yeah. But the next thing we have, so that's uh, Remedy 1.4, seek the silence. Find moments and places where you can be alone in silence. Don't do anything except letting your mind go and process all the things that you have seen, heard, felt, or done. And the next one, Banana Remedy 1.5, channel your thoughts. So this one is kind of, you've listed a lot of cycles here mm-hmm. um, that really are bad thought patterns that people get into. Yeah, so it's sort of banana cycles. Yeah. 
and I think this is uh, everybody's guilty of these, uh, or at least a couple of these, which are number one, the self-destructive cycle. Number two, the apocalyptic cycle. Number three, the rewind and replay cycle. Ooh, that's that's a favorite of mine. <laughs> that's, that's the classic. <laughs> that one repeat. Number four, the alternative past cycle. Again, another favorite of mine. Yeah, these are very interesting. And I think it's good to categorize them in this way. Yeah, it's a way to, to sort of also to acknowledge that I think all of us are doing that. We mm. are we have these sort of unproductive thought cycles in our mind. When we did something wrong, we think um, um yeah, we, we are angry about ourselves <clears throat> and then we are angry about ourselves that we are angry about ourselves and so on and so forth. Or yeah. we think about the future and think, okay, I'm going to fail there. Uh, I'm going to make a mistake and then that will happen and then that will happen and then and so on. We all have these unproductive thoughts and to calm down. So we're still at the first, very first step out of nine. Um, that's what we need to do as well. Sort of put those thoughts to a stop, just to a stop because mm. they're, 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 just bad thoughts. Yeah, They're definitely. unproductive thoughts. They are not helpful at all. Um, later on in the, on the journey, we get to a little bit more advanced way of dealing with your uh, the way you think. But this is a pretty crude measure. Is just try to stop those unproductive those thoughts. Those bad thought patterns, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I think all these four things, are the fear associated with the, the negative emotions associated with them, they're all based on the idea that the decisions that we have made in the past and the things that are going to happen to us in the future are very important in some way or another. And they're really going to affect us. And that's that. And it's, yeah. that's, it's the thing that something's always at stake. And I think that's what you're talking about at the start of the book about how this is all related to our evolutionary biology and how the, we're so trained as humans to think in that way. And that's why we have gotten to the stage where we are, is that mm -hmm. our brains have this insane processing capacity to think about every little thing and fear yeah. and thing that's going on in our lives. But we Which reached, is fantastic. Yeah, on, it's amazing. Yeah. On, on one side. But, but we're actually the first you know, generation, or not generation, but the last 80 years where we don't have to worry about any of these things, or at least in the, in the developed Western world. Let's say world. in, in, in yeah. our part of the world. Yeah, in, in, uh, in yes. the developed world. You don't have to worry about, you know, dying or hunger or these things. Or, you know, I'm talking about the vast majority of people, obviously, yeah. with this. But it's it's funny that, you know, we still haven't quite addressed that. And we haven't really thought about so much the fact that I think generations were just so happy for a while to not have to experience those hardships. that now we're going into a stage where we're looking for new hardships and we're constantly... Yes, so it's finding things. Yeah, so we also we sort of invent problems yeah. to to worry about. And I think that's what these this this is this last remedy in, in in step one is about. So channeling your thought is about realizing that hey, what am I worrying about? This is nothing really important. No big deal. No big threat. It's not no a problem. big problem. Yeah, yeah, they're very interesting. I think it's good as well because everybody always says to themselves, "Oh yeah, you know, I've been having these uh, bad thought patterns, or I've been, you know, my mind's been a bit off." in some way Just stop. I've, I've been stressed and it's it's a thing of you kind of when you talk about it in such abstract terms it's very hard to address mm -hmm. and it's kind of like there's an, almost a mess in your mind of loads of different things going on and it's really you know one thing that stresses people out so much it's always a combination of you know things going on in, with their friendships their love life health um work mm -hmm. university whatever and all of them kind of culminate into a general feeling of just unease but when you do it like this and you say, okay, what's going on here? 
self-destructive cycle. I made a mistake. I am stupid. I am a complete failure. That's something that which is normally associated with work or with um, you know, with university. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the alternate past one, that's something which is more associated with social relationships and the rewind and replays. You think, oh, I should have said this, should have said that in these situations, and. Yeah, so the reason that I sort of categorize them is to to make it easier to 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 um, to identify them. Yeah. So to make sure that the mess in your head is that you might sometimes have sort of you can recognize, hey, there's one thing I'm doing, and there's something I can work mm. on. And how would you say that? Because obviously it's very easy to look at these things and say that we are guilty of them. What do you think is the best way to address them? Uh, give just stop doing it. Um, so whenever you notice, and that's of course the hard part. Sometimes you are just too far, uh, far away. But as soon as you notice it, uh, really put yourself to a halt and and say, okay, or or um, give yourself five minutes to have the thought. So whenever you notice that, okay, I'm in one of these spirals yeah. uh, or one of these cycles, uh, get a timer. Say, okay, I give myself five minutes or ten minutes to go bananas about this, and then it has to stop. Yeah, because so then then you still um, allow yourself to 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 go bananas, you need to peel but, it's, the banana. but it's contained. Yeah, it's contained, and then you say, okay, after ten minutes, I stop and go on. Yeah, it's it's at the end very easy. Uh, I think also maybe have that time to you know go crazy with it, and then if you can start immediately trying to take action to work on the thing that is stressing you out and realizing, okay, because most of the time it's things that we're completely in control of but we just start to think about it too much. So think about it for a bit and then be like, okay, what can I do for this thing which is completely in my control and completely you know, not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be? I'm going to do some work for it. I'm going to study or you know, work out or mm-hmm. eat better or whatever or just you know, call someone that I need to talk to at this moment, get it out of the way. And then you find yourself just actually doing something about it rather than worrying about it so much. That's the whole point, doing yeah. something about it. Definitely. So in conclusion, from the first chapter, step one of the nine-step program of not going bananas, in conclusion, we have 1.1, switch off notifications. 1.2, consume less information. 1.3, stop babbling. 1.4, seek the silence. And 1.5, channel your thoughts. Very comprehensive. Thank you. And that's the first step. So step one, calming down of our journey out of banana land. We will see you... In chapter six, step two. Step number two. In a bit.